card games are some of the best games ever. When I was a kid, my family and my siblings, we would play card games all the time. Whether it was as simple as Go Fish or a family favorite was Blitz, which is a remix of the game of 31. Oh, so fun. We played a ton of Rummy. You know we played War. But there was one card game that absolutely dominated our household. And that card game is Uno. I think Uno is so much fun because there's twists and turns. There's those skips. There's the reverse. And of course, there's the wild card. And what I want to do in this episode is dive into Uno strategy. Okay. Okay. Yep. All right, so I want to dive into one strategy that could make your spring so stinking fun and so stinking special. And all you need is a deck of Uno cards and a class of kids. I seriously think that you are going to love this idea. And so, oh, yeah, it's going to be a game changer for your classroom. Now, before we get into it, I actually want to highlight the listener of the week. Artsy K1 left a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app and said, you will be hooked. To say that this Teacher Life podcast is one of the best gifts you can give yourself is a true understatement. Each episode is crafted in a manner that is authentic, reflective, and inspiring. Monica's passion and commitment to creating connections is just plain awesome. Thank you for sharing the gift of you. Artsy K1, thank you for sharing the gift of that written review. I want to highlight as many listeners that I can possibly like record. Seriously, I would love to to highlight multiple listeners of the week every single week because I want you to know that this podcast is for you. This podcast is created and I chisel time out of my teacher calendar because I do think that these moments matter. And thank you for the support that you guys have had over the years. If you haven't yet left a written review, maybe you will leave Uno review. Okay. That joke is not going to get old in this episode. But seriously, if you would leave just one quick written review on the Apple Podcast app, it would mean so much. All right, it's time. Let's get into this episode, friends. There is awesome in every single school day. the big question. How can teachers like us who love our job, love our students, and love being a part of education celebrate awesome even more in our classrooms and learning communities? Where can we find teaching tips and tricks? Where can we find engaging stories and motivational strategies? That is the question and this weekly podcast is your answer. So welcome to all my teacher friends. My name is Monica Genta and I am so excited that you are here listening to this podcast, This Teacher Life. (music) 
I love games. I love competitions. I love the spirit and the enthusiasm that camaraderie of relationships can create. And because I love all those things and because I thrive under those conditions, I tend to use a lot of that in my teaching practices. In fact, I think that's one of the greatest things that we can do as teachers is take our interests, our skills, our strengths and leverage those for learning. So because I grew up playing cards, because I grew up in a board game type of household, I just am constantly looking for ways to infuse games and competition into the everyday classroom setting. I know a lot of you have heard episodes of the podcast where I've talked about a normal deck of cards. And if you haven't heard those yet, you totally got to go back. But in this episode, I want to specifically talk about the game of Uno. And you don't have to have a giant deck of Uno cards for this. But I'm just going to be honest. I found a giant deck off the Amazon. I ordered it. And it's so so stinking fun. But you can use whatever kind of Uno cards that you have. But the whole premise of this idea is that our kids and ourselves in the spring, we start to lose a little bit of momentum. Some of the behaviors that just start to pop up in the spring can totally be stifled if we create the correct parameters. And so this is the time of the year where I think class competitions can make a huge difference. Now, I think sometimes when teachers hear class competitions, they're like, no, I I don't like putting my kids in competitive environments. I don't like pegging one class against the other. And I totally hear you because I think in a normal life situation, we have pretty poor sportsmanship, right? Like we have all been in a learning situation where we say we're going to do something competitive and the kid's like, yeah, you guys are going down. You, We're going to beat you, whatever. And it's, I mean, it's like, whoa, 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 you guys. This is just a friendly little competition. And so I think that there is often frustration around competition in the classroom but I think it's because society has shown our students that it's either cutthroat. Like it is like, I hate to say it, I about said balls to the walls, but now I've said it. So like, right, it's like balls to the walls competition. I mean that literally like basketballs and soccer balls, right? Okay, all middle school teachers are cringing right now because I literally just said balls 18 times and you cannot say balls that many times in a middle school classroom. So oh, cringy and I'm not editing it. So nonetheless, our kids are either super competitive or they just think everyone should get the cookie. Everyone should get the prize. Everyone should get the candy. Everyone should get the trophy. And we, we actually can't really be mad at that because there's a lot of societal events and a lot of societal situations where Everybody does get a certificate. So it's not our kids' fault when they react poorly in competitive situations, when they become a poor sport or they have this like freak out moment because they've kind of been conditioned to be in those competitive situations. But the big question is, so what are we going to do about it? 
right? Like what can we do as teachers to create a better situation? And I actually do like full workshops on this, right? And and one of the most important points that I like to hit when we're talking about building classroom camaraderie and competition and learning is we as teachers have to show kids how to be graceful winners and respectful losers. Ooh, put it on a mug, put it on a t-shirt. I want to say that again. We have to show kids how to be graceful winners and respectful losers. So instead of avoiding competition and looking at it as something like, oh, we're pegging students against each other, we're pegging class periods against each other, no, we're not. We're showing kids how to compete and how to work towards something positive. Whether that is a piece of candy or a pizza party or bragging rights or a group photo, it doesn't matter what the prize is. This is all about the passion that we put into the journey. Mm, man, yes. So what kind of journey is this UNO game? Well, the way that it works oftentimes when I'm doing class competitions, and I, and I use these all the time. I actually used this, this UNO game a couple of months ago in my classroom, but I'm totally bringing it back this spring. Um, what I do is I don't start each class period at zero. And work our way up towards a goal. No, friends. In this UNO competition, I have all of my class periods start with a number. And we are literally working our way down to get to UNO. Okay, I mean, that's the name of the game, right? Like, that's an exciting part in the game when you're like, UNO! And then you're like, oh my god, I'm totally going to win. Unless somebody screams, gotcha! at you and that's jarring and then you have to pick up 10 cards at least that was our house rule if somebody yelled gotcha when you were supposed to say uno but you forgot we made we made each other pick up 10 cards I don't know if that's an actual rule but like we were pretty hardcore about it so anyways we start with a certain number so hypothetically I actually want to give you like the details of what I'm doing with my own classroom right now is we are going to be playing this for the entire month of March. You can start it now. You can start it April. You can start it May. You can start it whenever, right? But I have started all of my class periods. So my sixth graders, seventh graders, eighth graders, and high schoolers are all starting with 100 points. And then we are literally working our way down. And if any class can get to UNO by the end of the month, then they can have some sort of class reward. Notice in that it's any class that gets to UNO. They're not really competing against each other, but I do have a visual representation of each of their current scores on the board because I love it when students walk in and they're like, oh my gosh, the seventh graders got to 62. Or like, oh my gosh, how did the high school kids, how did they get to only 44? So I love that visual representation because I think it is a good opportunity to have like, you know, graceful winners and respectful losers. Not for them to come into the room and be like, what? Did they cheat? They cheated. No, this is part of the game. All right. So 
how does it work? We know that we're starting with a certain number of points. In my case, 100. Maybe for you, it's 75. Maybe you want to set the bar a little bit lower and get some buy-in. And you're like, we're trying, we're, we're starting at 50 and we're trying to get to one. Well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pick an expectation or pick maybe a series of expectations that your students are currently struggling with in your classroom. Like, is it that they're not bringing a Chromebook charged up? Is it that they won't stop touching each other? Like, they're constantly touching each other. That's a problem for me, too, right now. Clearly, you can feel the passion, right? Is it that they're not coming prepared with maybe something to write with? Is it they won't stop interrupting each other? Is it that they've gotten super disrespectful and they're calling each other stupid or it's a real podcast so I'm going to say it like I don't know why my kids are starting to say douchebag again but they are like that can't be okay. You can't walk into class and be like he's a douchebag. I heard a really interesting one the other day. They're like dude you're being such an armadillo and I was like and they were all like oh and I'm like what armadillo is that a thing and they're like dude that's a dig so right kids are starting to invent these words and we don't even know what they mean but at the end of the day like they're being disrespectful so those are things that are currently happening in my classroom that I want to target like I want everyone to be kind I want everyone to listen I want everyone to be prepared I want everyone to be equipped and so I know that those are expectations that I'm looking for and so now I am using this uno game to hopefully create buy-in so those things happen. For example, maybe you are saying, all right, my number one thing that I need is I need everyone to bring a pencil. And so on the very first Monday that you try this, you tell kids, if everyone in this classroom family, if everyone in this class period brings something to write with tomorrow, we will draw an Uno card at the end of the class period. And if they draw an eight, you would subtract eight from their total. If they draw a two, you would subtract two from their total. If they draw a skip, well, guess what? They actually don't get any points subtracted. If they draw a wild hello, then they get to draw again. And then that number is doubled, then subtracted. So for example, let's say the whole class brings a pencil and you're like dear lord jesus it's a miracle everyone has a pencil so then you have one student come up to the front of the room and draw an uno card let's say they draw a wild and you're like what no this is so crazy so they draw a wild card so then they get to draw another one then they draw seven well seven times two is 14 which would mean you are now subtracting 14 points from that total You guys, this is epic. There are so many fun remixes to this, so many fun details, and we're totally going to get into the rest of them here in one second. I am like giddy about how exciting this activity is, how exciting this competition is. It is truly a way to crush it during these last few, but really hard months of the school year. In fact, If you are loving this and you're like taking notes and you're like, oh my God, I totally want to try this. My kids would love it. 
I want to officially invite you to an opportunity that is going to be filled with these kinds of ideas. Starting on April 1st, I am doing my last course of the year for teachers called Crushing It for Kids. This three-week virtual course is dedicated to awesome ideas to celebrate education, ways to build even stronger relationships with your students, ways to bring in more of your interests, skills, and strengths and use them in the classroom. It is so flexible. It is so fun. And it could be the thing that you need to totally end this crazy school year on a really good note. It starts this April and registration is open right now. You can check out monicagenta.com slash courses. That's Monica, G-E-N-T-A dot com slash courses to learn more and to get signed up. I'm telling you, if you are digging this idea, why not be a part of this 21 day journey called Crushing It for Kids where you can learn even more. It is going to be amazing and I would love to have you part of it. You can check out the link in the show notes or you can check out monicagenta.com slash courses. Now, at this point, you might be thinking about a deck of Uno cards and you're starting to think about like, well, what about a reverse? Oh, shoot. The reverse. The reverse can be super fun because what I like to use for the reverse is they get to draw another card if they get a reverse. And let's say it's a four. They get to add that four points to somebody else, to some other class. Now you might be thinking, isn't that kind of mean? Isn't that ganging up on someone? Isn't that the opposite? I think regardless of what age group you teach and what ability level you teach, I think sometimes we do have to put our students in some disappointing situations, right? Send them a curveball, send them like on this twist and turn, something that they did not see coming. And I think if we can do that in our classrooms in non-crazy kinds of ways, ways that are safe and structured and we can be there to kind of mediate the conversation, well, I think then why not? So is it mean? Is it vicious? Is it like, oh, you're totally going to gang up on them? That's not the purpose of this at all. It's to show kids that there are disappointing moments in life. But how we react to those, that makes a difference. And so, yes, we're taking this class competition and we're uh, creating organization or we're creating better behaviors but I think we're also building some social and emotional strength in our students for those of us who are like I don't know how to incorporate SEL I don't have time for SEL lessons I don't have time for SEL like you know talking circles or or restorative practices I get that I do I understand so what if we can teach some SEL some life skills some coping skills some communication skills by infusing a competition that is linked to our curricular setting. You know what I'm saying? So the reverse card doesn't have to be used that way, but that's how I'm currently using it. You could also do a reverse, and instead of them adding points to another class, if they get a reverse, then they have to draw another card. And then, uh uh-oh, they have to add it to their own score. All right? Now, (laughs) let's... 
let's take a second and talk about the coolest card in the entire deck of Uno. That is a wild draw four. You know what I'm talking about? The wild draw four is bananas. So what I like to do with the wild draw four, and the kids will lose their mind over it, is if that gets drawn, then they get to draw four more cards from the deck. So let's say hypothetically they draw a two. Well, we're going to subtract two from their current score. But they get another one because it was draw four. So the second card, they draw an eight. All right, we're going to subtract eight more from your current score. Then they draw skip, which means, whoops, all right, you don't get any for that one. No subtraction on that. Then let's say maybe they get a four. Well, they would subtract four more. There are so many fun ways to do this. And there's so many twists and turns. Because hypothetically, what if they get a draw two? And then they get another draw two. And then they get a wild, right? Like, it truly does get wild. Like, even as a 35-year-old adult, like, I'm getting excited just thinking about this. And maybe that's my final point here is when we are pumped, when we are motivated, when we are excited to see what happens, that is contagious. That carries over into the competition. That creates a really cool culture in our classroom setting. So I think there's a lot of like key points to kind of unpack here. I think a lot of this is, instead of getting frustrated about the lack of, of expectations that are being fulfilled instead of getting frustrated about how kids are starting to lose their minds how can we take this competition and target those behaviors to improve them rather for them to just stress us out so let's do a quick reflection why don't you in this moment while you're listening while you're driving while you're walking the dog while you're bathing your children whatever you're doing right now What are three classroom expectations that need improved? And then maybe you could use the first one on Monday, the second one on Tuesday, the third one on Wednesday, and then on Thursday and Friday. You don't like you don't even tell them what they're going to be. They're mystery expectations. You could pick a new one or you could put those on note cards and you could have a deck of expectation cards and you could have a deck of Uno cards. And so, whoa, do you see that remix? That's just like naturally unfolding right here. Like that could be a fun remix. So I think targeting expectations that we want improved, that's that's really the goal of this Uno game. The second thing is to just have a little bit of fun, right? Instead of saying like, you need to bring a pencil. It's this, hey, guess what? If everyone brings a pencil, here's what's going to happen in a positive way. So it is this competitive nature, which truly does motivate so many of our students. You might be sitting here thinking like, not all my students are competitive. Mm, I think we'd be surprised. I think there's a lot of different ways to display a competitive nature. Are some of our kids like, whoa, we're going to win. You guys better get ready to drink some Haterade. Yeah, there's those kids. There's those kids. But there's also the kids when you say, hey, we're going to do a competition. The kids who just sit there and they have no facial expression. They say nothing. But in their hearts and their heads, they're sitting there and they're like, what up? Let's go. I totally want to win this. This would be so cool if we won. They don't say anything, but they're thinking that. 
So why not infuse a little competition, but then also show our kids, like I said earlier, how to be graceful winners and respectful losers. Let us maybe shift what they see in society and show kids how to be competitive in a school setting so that carries over into their real life. The third thing is the social and emotional dynamic that we can create here. I think there are just so many important life skills, coping skills, communication skills that are naturally going to come out of unrolling something like this. And of course, I think probably the biggest thing for us is this doesn't take a ton of time. You can do this in the last two to three minutes of your class period or your morning block or your afternoon block. For those of you who are like, well, I teach the same kids all day long. Great. They don't, you don't have to compete against another class. Your third grade family could start at 75. And as a full third grade family, the number one goal is to get to UNO by the end of the month. Right? So we're creating a time parameter. And there's also a reward uh, parameter. If we get there, here's what you guys could achieve. And then talk about that. What would the reward be? What would that look like, sound like, feel like, maybe taste like in the context of your classroom? This is so much fun. And my students loved it when I did it earlier in the school year. And quite frankly, they're going to continue to love it as we do it again this spring. And I hope your students love it as well. If you've got questions about this, I would love to answer them. In fact, do me a favor. If you've got questions, screenshot your phone right now so we can see that you're listening and then post that on social media. Post and show people that you're listening to this episode and ask the question right there on social media. Tag me in it and, oh, teacher friend, you know I'm going to answer that for you. I would love to do that. I am so pumped for you to explore this with your students this spring. And I'm so pumped for you to consider joining the Crushing It for Kids course that's also going to make this spring sensational. I hope this UNO strategy that I shared, I had to do it one more time. The pun bell had to ring. You guys get it, right? It's the UNO game, but it's UNO strategy. I shared one strategy here that had multiple awesome wild layers. (laughs) Okay unstoppable. The bell is unstoppable today. Guys, my name is Monica Genta. I'm a fellow classroom teacher just like you. I get the opportunity to do these podcasts and hang out with you sometimes in your schools during and doing keynotes. But the most important thing that we have in common is we are living this teacher life together. So thanks for listening and thanks for living this teacher life.